Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Hey there, rhythm writers and melody mixers. I'm Matthew Henry, your maestro of the muddler, guiding you through the symphony of spirits. And on lead guitar, shredding the citrus and rocking the rim, is Ben Henry, the rock star of riffs and refreshments. Strap in as we amp up the classics and remix the cocktails into chart toppers. Whether you're a head-banging bartender or a smooth-sipping crooner, we're hitting all the right notes. So tune those taste buds. It's time for another episode of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. Let's rock this bar, rock star. Woo! Finally! Finally! (laughs) Something good, something real! Like, I'm loved because I'm talented, not because everybody's afraid of me for once. You're welcome. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, in real life, I'm neither talented and nobody would ever be afraid of me. So I'll take what I can get. But 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 since we're in the world of 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 A.I., where it's supposed to serve us, at least for this short window before it takes over, then then I feel like this is right. I should get exactly what I want. So so there. I got, I'm a rock star. I'm a rock star. I'm a rock star. And I I didn't even, I didn't tell him that you didn't know how to play guitar. I didn't tell him that you started out on a tuba, but it just went with it. So this is a rock star riffing on your guitar. That's, that's right. And folks, I know how to play the trumpet, the tuba, the sousaphone, the euphonium. And I know some of you are smart enough to know that some of those are basically the same instruments, but but the rest of you don't. So yeah, I am talented. I can play four ridiculous brass, well, three ridiculous brass instruments. And, and the trumpet. And the trumpet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and actually, I wasn't really good at the trumpet. Which is why you got moved over to... Yeah, those other, other things with the, yeah, with the bigger mouthpieces, they're just easy, they were easier to play. It was easier to play. See, because I had rhythm, but I didn't have anything yeah. else. Yeah, same here. I mean, I just, the only instruments I played, you had to beat with a stick. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that's, uh, I can't even read notes. Yeah, I remember you used to practice on my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. It sounded like a big bass drum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, did you ask me how I'm doing or what, how my week has been? I don't know. I'd probably not, but how was your week? How, how are you doing? Mm, oh, yeah, I've been getting ready for, for Thanksgiving, Matthew. Oh, is that coming up? That is coming up. It is, in fact, a week from today as this podcast is being published. So a lot of cleaning, a lot of planning, a lot of like shopping for the staples that that we know we will need, but aren't like the key critical ingredients, that sort of stuff. So and and Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. So it has been a good week. I've been I've been doing I've been doing that and having a lot of fun. I've also been working on these secret mystery projects, and and I made a little bit of progress on those too. So so it was a, it was all around a really good week. All right. How was your week? My week was exactly the same as the week before. Like I, I just you go to work, you come home. It, there really wasn't a whole lot of difference. 
Although daughter soccer games ended this uh, this weekend, so no more soccer. Soccer season's over. Soccer season is over. They went zero and eleven. <laughs> oh, oh. They they scored two goals though in the second half of their last game, which felt like a victory. And so that's how we're gonna go with it. Anyway, all right. Enough about soccer though. My week was fine. It was it was great. Wait, there's just one question. All everybody needs to know. Did 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 my niece elbow anybody in the neck? She did not. Oh. But but she's she's tough. And uh, she actually had an assist on one of the goals. <gasps> wow. All right. Well, good. I mean, it's not it's not as exciting as elbowing somebody else in the neck, but but hey, I'm proud of her. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. And now we start we have basketball on Monday morning at 6 a.m. No, 7 a.m. I have to get up and be ready by 6 a.m. So 7 a.m. soccer or basketball. Matthew, I'm t- it's all blurring together. I'm too tired for that. I, what? <laughs> I, I, I am fully like on board with my daughter playing sports. I have second thoughts when I have to get up and leave before while well, it's still dark. That that that's the part that I'm having a little problem with. Yeah, that sounds brutal. All right. Well, all right. So so I. I have a question for you. Uh, you mentioned that Thanksgiving is approaching, and and last week you mentioned that you are the roaster of the turkey. That is correct. I cook the turkey, and I make the gravy, and sometimes I make the stuffing, and sometimes I make a salad and make a baked good. But yes, every year I always roast the turkey. Yeah, and over the years, you've tried different techniques. I have. You've uh, done different ways of preparing it, and so that's always been interesting. Starting out way back when with the old Alton Brown recipe, and correct. And then I feel like you've kind of you veered left and right, but maybe kind of come back every now and then to Alton Brown. It's just so. I guess my question to you is: What's your best advice when it comes to roasting a turkey? Ooh, my best advice. Wow, because I have a lot of different advice, and I have roasted it many different ways. I've I've done a dry dry brine. I've done the the traditional. Well, I guess it, now it's traditional. It wasn't traditional when it came out twenty years ago or thirty years ago, but it's pretty traditional now. I've done the traditional brine. I have spatchcocked my turkey, which means you you cut the spine out, and and so yeah, I've never deep fried a turkey, but but I've done it in many different ways. The one thing that I will say is this is. You should, yeah, gravy is really important to me. And and it's always nice to be able to use the pan drippings from your turkey in your gravy. But number one, you should always have an alternate plan because that doesn't always work out. Things can happen to the pan drippings that you don't expect to happen. The pan drippings can also, if you're brining or doing a dry brine, a dry brine, they can be super, super salty. And that's okay because then you can just cut it with another gravy. But you have to be prepared to make that gravy. And when everything comes out of the oven, you've got a short window to make all that happen. Yes, the turkey's got to rest for a little bit. But during that resting period, you're making the gravy and it's got to come together quick because otherwise everything just falls apart. So have a plan for how you're going to make your gravy and don't count on the pan drippings being there, right? Have a plan B. Pan dripping should be plan A, but have a plan B. That's my Thanksgiving number one tip. Okay. Yeah, because you don't want to be left without gravy. That would just be a, a bad, bad thing. No, that would be super bad. I mean, like, like what? Well, first of all, it's pretty easy to make a, a simple gravy, a simple white sauce, but like... 
I would even take something from a can. Fat flour and whatever, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's fat flour. You just you just got to cook the flour somehow, some way. I usually do a, a roux and make like a simple white sauce. But we're getting way far afield from cocktails here, Matthew. <laughs> we are. We are. I, I have no uh, tips because I haven't made a turkey in 20 years because I just keep going to your place. So I do know the brine's important. Got to, If you're not brining it in any way, then you're doing it wrong. All right. Well, well enough about turkeys. It's, you know what time it is. Is it that time? It's that time. Time for tip, tip of, of the, the day. day. Tip of the day, Ben. And as I was thinking about what our tip should be. Tip of the day. As I was thinking about what our tip should be, I was thinking about those. I was listening to our podcast from last last week and you had. I do. I'm one of the few. And 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 when I was listening to it, you correctly said that we didn't have a lot of drinkers that were coming and but if you're going to have this aperitif bar, you could also set it up to also create mocktails. And so I thought the tip of the day today could just be a simple template for mocktails. And it doesn't have to be real fancy. You're basically combining like a citrus, either like lime juice or grapefruit juice or lemon juice with some kind of sweetener. One of my favorites is using the cherry syrup from the Luxardo cherries. As a, as, as a way to sweeten a mocktail. And then just a carbonated beverage like ginger beer is amazing. So lime juice, cherry syrup, and ginger beer. That's an amazing mocktail. It's so simple, but really good. Also, maybe throw in a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters just to kind of punch it up a little bit. So I would suggest that you have some syrups, some citruses, some mixers, and let people create their own mocktails. I would say, though, if somebody is trying to be they're doing mocktails because of their sobriety and they are like a hundred percent sober type person, then they should would not use the bitters. Because that's pretty much what bitters are, is, is alcohol. So so keep the bitters out of your mocktails if, if you're doing it because of sobriety and, and it's important not to have any alcohol. But a little bitters goes a long way in a lot of mocktails. So don't be afraid to use them if that's OK. So that's my tip. You can easily kind of have some mocktail alternatives when you're having your aperitif. It's a horrible tip. <laughs> stay, they can drink water. <laughs> stay away from my bar. You know, it's it's all off limits. And and you know what? It, it, whatever you're doing is stay away from my club soda. Do not be like drinking or using all of my club soda for your mocktail. And and. Yeah, J- just don't do that because because then I'm going to run out of club soda and I'm going to be annoyed. You know what? I mean, it, it, you know, here's what you do. Just have a warm box of Sprite. And that's what they can drink. Don't listen to him, folks. He's 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 hangry or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, this is a good tip. I like it. I uh, yeah, but you you do and you also got to keep a close eye on the you know who's those those like the 14 year olds. The, uh, the under 21 year olds? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hoving around the bar being, oh, I'm just making a mocktail. <laughs> uh huh. Sure you are. Sure you are, Chad. <laughs> Brad. All right. Well, it's time, I think, to kind of get into the cocktails. And 
As you mentioned, this is being released a week before Thanksgiving. So I thought that I would, or I think we both thought that we would have cocktails that you could also bring to Thanksgiving. That would be Thanksgiving appropriate cocktails. And I'm like you, I love Thanksgiving. And so I was thinking that I'd want something kind of festive. And last week you were talking about your aperitif bar and how you could add club soda or you could add sparkling wine or champagne. And and so I'm thinking, well, if Ben's got the champagne, then we're going to we're going to do a riff on a French 75. So I am bringing to you a drink called the Fireside 75. And I did not make this cocktail. I found it somewhere. Don't recall where. So apologies to whoever whoever invented it. But basically, a Fireside 75 has a half ounce of brandy or cognac, a half ounce of gin, a half ounce of lemon juice, and a half ounce of cinnamon syrup. And you add all those into a cocktail shaker with ice and you shake for about 10 to 12 seconds, double strain it into a champagne flute. And then top off with about two ounces of sparkling white wine. And you are left with a cocktail that has this bright kind of sparkliness to it, but also has this boldness of the brandy combined with the crispness of the gin. And it really does kind of bring in back a fall kind of feeling there. The lemon juice, I think, is is great. Add some brightness there, cutting through the richness of the cognac. But the real star, folks, is the cinnamon syrup. The cinnamon syrup is has this just as soon as you taste it, it's like the first thing that's kind of like comes over you. It, it provides this warmth and this like really familiar kind of taste that just makes it feel like home. And and so it's a festive but light and refreshing drink. And so that is what I'm drinking today, a Fireside 75. Well, so the internets tell me that this cocktail, or Imbibe magazine tells me that this cocktail was developed by one Brad Goocher. Wow, I feel bad, man. I just told Brad to stay away from the aperitif bar. And now here here he is. He's grown up. <laughs> and now he's the one that made the Fireside 75. Huh? Because he didn't let people like me stifle him. You know what? Right? Like, like he followed his dream. 14-year-old Brad made his cocktails on the side, on the sly, anyway. He didn't let stupid adults and their stupid rules hold back his creativity. Okay, maybe they're not such stupid rules. But anyway, yeah, Brad Gucher, and he was with, or is still with, or anyway, this was his... At a restaurant called Cane and Table in New Orleans. I like this cocktail recipe a lot, and you know that, Matthew, because even though I often say every cocktail is my favorite cocktail, I have two true real favorites. The Fitzgerald, which is just a gin sour with bitters in it. And then the other one is a French 75, which is subtract the bitters and add champagne and now you have a french 75 and so anything that is a riff on the french 75 is an absolute gem in my book i do have one complaint though Uh oh this is way too short <laughs> i mean i mean it's a half an ounce of brandy a half oh, an okay, ounce well, of gin so and then that's a good point in the recipe it actually was in parts 
and not ounces. And so as you can kind of tell, it's equal parts, right? So half I was a half part gin, half part lemon juice, half part cinnamon syrup. So you can you could expand this or not. When you do it to this spec, it fills your champagne flute about a third. And then you're adding like two to three ounces of sparkling wine on top, and it brings it kind of with a little about an inch to the rim. So it's perfect for a champagne flute, but we know that's not the way you drink your drinks. I think this, I need six ounces, Matthew. So I need to, we're going to have to increase this to three quarters of an ounce of the first four ingredients and then add an extra ounce of white wine. Okay. And, and then this passes my muster. All right. I'll make the change. I'll make it. Uh, Brad, sorry, man. You're uh Ben has spoken. <laughs> well, you say those are all equal parts. I, I just, I just made them all bigger. So, so anyway, but I, I think what I, I mean, yeah, what is nice about this particular cocktail is the addition of the cinnamon syrup and the swapping out half of the gin for the brandy or the cognac, which is what makes this not be a French 75 and make it be this new thing. Because those are recipes that, sorry, those are ingredients that are very winter or fall focused, cold weather focused anyway. And it takes what is like a bright and summery and sort of like celebration oriented cocktail and turns it more into a moody, cozy cocktail. With bubbles. With bubbles. And and how could that be wrong? I mean, that sounds wonderful to me. And I, I, I might go downstairs and make this after we're done recording tonight. You should. And I will tell you that I think this would be a great thing to have at the table while you're eating your turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy. I mean, it's that good of a drink. It would complement things. It would go right with all the food, all the, all the regular Thanksgiving stuff. Yeah, I think this is a this is an appropriate dinnertime beverage for somebody who doesn't want to be drinking wine or a warm Sprite, as it were. And no, I like this one a lot. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Matthew, for bringing this one to our attention. I, I'm always happy to see a French 75 featured on the menu. But now it's time for me to talk about my cocktail. Do I segue in or do you segue in? I don't remember. I, I, I was going to help you by saying... Looking at the title, I feel like I may have influenced this from our youth. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I was thinking. I, I haven't punched you lately, but I think when we were kids, there was a lot. And so now, you know, your the title of your drink speaks to me, Ben. Yeah. Well, the title of my cocktail tonight, folks, is May I Have Another Punch? And you might think that that means that I'm envisioning my brother saying this as I am beating him. And no, this is not the case. This is actually going, yeah, straight back to our youth. My brother used to, he's, he's, my brother's significantly older than me. And, and he was a sick twist as a kid. And so what he would do on occasion is just pin me down and beat me up because he was the older brother. And it built character or something. Or I don't know, you know, he was working something out, whatever. But the problem was, from his perspective, is, is that when he would hit me, I would laugh. And the more that he hit me, the harder I would laugh. And then I would kind of start to hyperventilate. 
And if our mother was present, then that's when she would get concerned and she would yell at him to stop because like I was not breathing because I was laughing so hard. And I think that if I could have said it during the time, if it had occurred to me, I would have been yelling out, may I have another? May I have another? And so that's where the title of this drink comes from. May I have another punch? I, I think also, I mean, I think folks, I don't want you to get the idea that we were always fighting. We we're actually very close growing up, but you know, brothers, well, they get into it every now and then. So. See, he can't even he can't even embrace it now, right? It's like it's been <laughs> it's been forty years, and he still can't like. Oh, I I I mean, I did do it, but it was like we were fighting every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, is that a fight? If one of us is laughing, is it a fight? Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know. Well, anyway, we digress. So, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start off on the ingredients, but. Folks, I think if you've been listening the last few weeks, I have been mentioning that I have been working on a punch for a while. And I don't know if this is the punch. It's a punch. And and this is what I'm culminating that research on. But I am going to talk a little bit about different variations. But first, let me give you the recipe for this particular version. And this can actually be done in parts, right? Because if you're making a punch for a large group, you may need to make more. If you're making it just for a few people, you could do less. In fact, you could even make this as a single serving cocktail for yourself. So just adjust adjust the parts accordingly. But but I started off with a one cup of a spiced apple syrup. And I'll talk about how I made that when I finish the rest of the ingredients. To that, I add one half of a cup of lemon juice. And then we add one half of a cup of orange liqueur. And you can either do a cup and a half, a cup to a cup and a half of white rum, depending on how potent you want it to be. And then what you're going to do is you're going to stir all of that together, stir to combine and stir it very well to incorporate the syrup. And then you're going to chill that until it gets down to a... Leave it in the refrigerator for at least a few hours, if not overnight. And then when you're ready to serve the punch, you're going to add two cups of pomegranate juice. Now, you can put this into a chilled container. You can leave it in containers in the refrigerator and just take them out as they get empty. Or you can put it in a big punch bowl with a frozen ice ring that you did in some sort of, I don't know, what, bunt cake pan? Is that, is that how people do that? I didn't do that. And then... You can put it in a fancy punch bowl with the ice ring and throw in some orange slices and fresh cranberries if you want. And and you're going to put all of that into the bowl with the pomegranate juice. And then you're going to have club soda on the side. So people will serve themselves from your vessel, whatever it is, and then they will top it off with club soda. But the idea would be that you would have roughly two cups of club soda available. So it is two cups of pomegranate juice and two cups of club soda to all of that. So to make the spiced apple syrup, what I did is I took some apple cider. In my particular case, I used a unfiltered apple cider, but any kind of apple juice or apple cider would really work in this case. I took two cups of that, put it into a saucepan, and then I, I brought that up to a simmer and then I steeped in it a single cinnamon stick, four to eight cloves, two to four cardamom pods, and then I grated in some fresh nutmeg. <laughs> And so I brought that to a simmer and I let that simmer for like a couple of minutes. And then I 
turned, took it off the heat, and then I let it steep for about 15 minutes before I removed all of the spices, all of the, all of the solids. Now, if you want a more potent syrup, what you could do is you could steep that for longer, or you could save on the spice steeping until the next step. And the next step is I took that and then I mixed that with equal parts sugar and I turned that into a simple syrup. So this is basically a simple syrup made from an a, a spiced apple cider. And that's how I made my spiced apple syrup. Sounds yummy. Yeah. I mean, feel free to uh, experiment and use the spices that you prefer and sp spices that you don't. Cinnamon and clove are very, very strong. Cardamom is going to have more of this high note to it. It's going to be a little bit brighter. And and I think to some people, a little bit off-putting. It's not, it's not their usual one of the flavors that they might expect. So you might want to test that to see if you like it. But if you use it in moderation, it does mix very well with all of the other spices. But this is really a good place to, to play around because this is going to be the base of your punch flavors. The, the one thing that I will say also about this recipe is while I was exploring it, I don't know if you remember, Matthew, but like a couple of months ago, I went on a road trip and I made myself a road trip friendly punch with a lemon shrub. Right. But it was a gin-based punch. And I fell so in love with that punch that every that this whole time that I've been trying to develop my punch, this punch, my brain kept trying to steer me back to gin and a cherry liqueur base. And I just I was like, no, I can't do that because that's literally the last punch that I presented on the show. But I would just say, I'm gonna point that out to our listeners. Don't forget about that punch that I did a few months back which was a gin-based and cherry liqueur punch, you could replace the rum with the gin and the orange liqueur with the cherry liqueur in this particular recipe. And, and instead of using a spiced apple syrup, just use a plain old, like a cinnamon syrup or something like that and, and create a very good Thanksgiving-focused punch. In that particular case, you might want to use cranberry juice instead of pomegranate juice. But really... Any of those swap outs that I just mentioned would probably all work well in this particular recipe because cranberry and apple work very well together. Orange works really well with cranberry, but the cherry liqueur works very well with, with all of these flavors as well, and especially with the gin. So, so yeah, so if you don't like this particular recipe, I would remind you about that recipe that I had a, a few months back. And I will stop now while I try to go find the name of that recipe. I presented my last punch. Wow, that was a long time ago, Matthew. That was, we released that on the 10th of August in an episode called A Sweet Punch in the Face. And I'm looking in the show notes for that one. Oh, yeah, I just called it Gin Punch. <laughs> <laughs> real, real clever. So there you have it, Matthew. The May I Have Another Punch. This is a really good punch. And I have been really like afraid to kind of tackle punches. So I'm glad that you've now presented a couple of really good options for people. I, for those who like to, to entertain and you want just something that's tasty and easily accessible, this is such a good alternative to even the, the, the bar. Well, I mean, it's a good addition to an aperitif bar because people can either do both and this is like so simple that you don't have to really think about it. 
And I do have a question though about why don't you incorporate the pomegranate juice with the other stuff first? Like why are we waiting until the last minute to add the pomegranate juice? You could incorporate them. I, I think that would be fine. And I would probably actually let those flavors blend together better if you let them sit together. I was just doing it as kind of a space saver because I was thinking as this like sitting in your refrigerator or the pomegranate juice is just sitting in some other kind of a, in a bottle. Yeah. In a bottle. And you would just combine them all last minute. You do want them all to be chilled. I think I think there's a couple things like to remember about punches is that one, there is a pretty simple template that they follow that is very, very old, which is like one part sour, two parts sweet, three parts booze. The rhyme really goes three parts strong. And then four parts mixer or dilution, which they call weak, right? So it's a one part sour, two parts sweet, three parts strong, four parts weak. Weak means dilution, right? And the, a really good way to think about a punch is to think of it as if it were a sour cocktail, like a shaken sour cocktail. But the dilution does not come from or shaking it with ice. The dilution comes from juices or other flavored liquids rather than the shaken in water that comes from the ice when you shake it. And the other thing is, is that the sour is usually a little bit less and the sweet is a little bit more in a punch than it is in a, in a traditional shaken sour cocktail. And other than that, they're not too dissimilar. Then it just comes down to flavor combinations. And uh, yeah, and, and so then punches really aren't much of a mystery at all. They're, they're very, really quite simple. All right, yeah. I mean, I, you make it sound simple. I think adding all these pieces in here, I think takes a little bit of thought. And, but this sounds great. And I'm looking forward to tasting it when we, when we have Thanksgiving at your place, Ben. Don't, don't forget, folks, you're all invited. Just you know, let me know. That's not true. You're none of you are invited. Scott could come. Well, yeah, you know what? Scott probably could come. Yeah, like, yeah. If Scott knocked on my door, I'd be like, okay, weird that you figured out where I live, bro. But sure, come on in. <laughs> and then an eighth of, of a cup of, of Demerara sugar and one quarter of a cup of lemon shrub. So we were relying on some of the sweetness from the maraschino liqueur there. And we were not diluting very much because the idea is, and then we added one cup of water to that. Yes. And then on top of that, we added club soda when we served it. And the reason that one went that way, you guys can go back and listen to the episode to figure out why we did it that way. And there you have it, folks. The Fireside 75 and May I Have Another Punch. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to make one yourself, or maybe you made something better, take a scot of it. Or maybe just paint a word picture of it and send it to us on Instagram, the Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. We love to interact with you all, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Go ahead and click those five stars. Maybe say something nice. Also, tell your friends all about all the great cocktails you, you heard about at Giant Cocktails. That's right. And on that note... We'll see you all next Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, because we're going to be taking Monday off this week. It's our break for the year. This is it. We're taking one week off and that's it. But we will be back on Thanksgiving Day to cheer you on 
into your hosting or attending or really lonely, lonely Thanksgiving day. You know what? If that's you, I've had some really lonely ones. So, you know what? I'm there with you in spirit. Until then, Matthew. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. Goodbye! Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Hey, 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 you guys. Hey, you guys. Goodbye. That one's for you, Kuahara.